And I know that I know that it's easy for preachers to say this and us to say this when we say that this is my favorite passage. This is easily one of my favorite passages in the Bible. This is one that I continue to go back to uh, year after year because of what is found here in this the the story itself shows Abraham's weakness, it shows God's strength. I love Romans, and I love the didactic teachings from Paul. I love the Gospels. But here in this narrative, I see in Father Abraham a place where we've all been and a place where we'll all be. And we need to learn here not only from Abram and his reaction, but also God's kindness and graciousness towards his servant. So I'm going to start reading this morning in Genesis chapter 15. Remember, this is right after Abram has gotten in a big fight. He uh, went to the Battle of the Kings. He beat up the Turtle Amar and that, those bunch of guys. And then the king of Sodom comes up and basically Abraham says, I don't want anything to do with you. And so everybody around him, remember, he doesn't own any land. He's there as a sojourner and a nomad. So pretty much everybody around there except for uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, is mad at him. And so that is the context of where Abram is when God comes to him helps us understand why God says what he says to Abram. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But Abram said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, and the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Now this passage is 
very important. It's quoted by Paul. This is a new covenant passage. This is a promise of a new hope. And that's funny to say because when Abram receives this vision, there hasn't even been an old covenant yet. Abram is upset. He is afraid. He is in a land filled with strangers. He's a strange man. He's a stranger in a strange land. And he's made everybody upset and he's afraid. And the Lord comes to him and says, don't be afraid. That is very gracious and kind of the Lord. He says, fear not, Abram. Don't you wish the Lord would come and speak to you in such a way in a vision by the night? He says, don't be afraid. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. Stick with me, Abram. And you don't need to worry about the king of Sodom. You don't need to worry about the king of Gomorrah. You don't need to worry about anything. You stay with me. I am your shield. You know, you might wonder what you would do if the Lord were to come and speak to you so graciously and whisper in your ears and visions of the night that he is your shield and your great reward. We've uh, written songs about what we might do when we're confronted with the majesty of God. There's a song that's very popular. Uh, It is, uh, let me think. Oh, yeah, he sings, he says, surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Isn't this what you think when you... Confronted with the majesty of God, you either dance or you'll be still. You won't know what to do yourself. Well, let me tell you what Abraham does when God comes and says, I'm your shield and your great reward. He says, how do I know you are? (laughs) That doesn't make a good song. But that's exactly what he did. How do I know? The Lord says so graciously and kindly, fear not, I'm your shield and your great reward. And Abraham says, you haven't given me any offspring. What? Well, you remember that that's what the Lord promised him back in Genesis chapter 12. He said, I'm going to bless you, and through your seed, I'm going to bless all nations. And now the Lord comes and I'm going to be your shield and your great reward. And Abram's stuck out in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't know where he is. He hasn't inherited a square inch of the place he was promised. He hasn't got a child. He's over 70 years old. He's pushing 80, and the Lord says, I'm your shield. And he says, you haven't given me what you promised. That's what he said. He didn't dance. He wasn't still. He seems a little upset. What does the Lord do? My reward will be great, the Lord said. It'll be great? Seriously? You're telling me my reward will be great? You haven't delivered on any of the promises you've given me yet. A legitimate response? Well, you've got to remember Abraham hasn't seen the deliverance of Egypt from Egypt. He hasn't seen his children come up with a great outstretched arm of God. He hasn't witnessed the plagues. He hasn't seen the Lord do any of these things. He hasn't seen anything. All he's heard up to this point are promises. God promised him a child and he hadn't had one. God has revealed himself here to Abraham as his shield. And has promised him that his reward will be very great. So far he's seen nothing of it. What has the Lord promised to you? What has he revealed himself to be? Provider? Have you ever been in a spot where you wondered if he would? When it, We're not joking churchy talk anymore. We're talking about I don't have a job. I don't have income. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. The Lord comes and says, I'm your provider. And you say, I'm broke. I'm broke. I don't know where I'm going to go or which way I'm going to turn. 
It's easy to be spiritual on Sunday. It's really hard on Thursday when the bills are due Friday. That's where people live. And if you live long enough, you're going to live there too. When the Lord comes graciously saying, I'm your provider, you say, hey, I'm overdrawn in my bank. I need some money. I don't need talk. I need, show me the money. Help me, Lord. Your provider. He is promised to be our provider. He's promised to be our father. He's promised to be our savior. He's our savior. Save me then. I need saving. I'm messed up and I need saving. I'm in a bad place. Comforter, he says. I will send you the comforter. I need some comforting. I'm hurt. Where are you? This is how Abram talked to God. Have you ever talked to him like that? Well, if you're upset with him, you should. Because you don't need to linger in anger with God. It's very dangerous. He's never done anything wrong to you. You can be angry with him. He's got a million reasons to be angry with you and me. He can take it. Talk to him. He is our Savior. He's our Father. He's our Comforter. He's revealed himself. He's all these things and so much more. So much more. And so God comes to Abram, his servant, when he's afraid. He says, I'm your shield and your great reward. And Abram says, well, where is it? And the Lord is not angry. He's not. Not with Abram here. He says, let me show you something. So the first thing he did was he told Abram who he was, and then he talked to him about the promises he's made. Remember, he says here, hey, I don't have a son. Eliezer of Damascus is going to be my heir. And the Lord says, no. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside. He said, come out here with me. Look at the sky and the stars. If you can count them, that's how your offspring will be. This is not a new promise. He's already said this. He already told him, your, your offspring is going to be numbered like the sand on the seashore. The Lord didn't tell him anything new. He didn't need a new word. He needed an old word confirmed. Hey, this is how your offspring's going to be. And after he says that, you think, that's good. Abram got it. And the Lord goes into another introduction of himself. I am the Lord. He uses his covenant name revealed to Moses on the mountain. Yahweh, I am that I am. I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans. To give you this land to possess. And you know, if God said that to you, you'd be all excited. Yes, Lord. That's not what Abram said. How do I know you're going to do it, he says. How do I know? How will I know I'm going to possess it just because you say it? That's some tough questions, isn't it? Abram is being serious with the Lord. Abram's like, oh yeah? How am I going to know I possess it? You promised me a child, I don't have one. You told me to leave the land of my fathers and the people and everything I knew, all the places I knew, and I left and I came here because you said you were going to give me this place, and I'm sitting here under the oaks of Mamre, and Mamre is a guy that's not me. These ain't the oaks of Abram. These are the oaks of Mamre. I don't own anything. So I've come here, and i got no child, and i got no land. How do I know that I'm going to possess it? He was afraid. He was bold. He was worried. He might have been wondering if he was making a mistake. You ever tried to follow the Lord? 
You get in the midst of a ministry or something you think you're supposed to do, and you think, I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. This is not working out like a plan. That's where Abram was. What does the Lord do? Bring me a sacrifice. It's really not a sacrifice. He says, let's make a covenant. I'm going to make you a promise. And really, again, it's not a new promise. It's an old one. I often hear about people wanting or needing a fresh word from the Lord. And I want to tell you this 100% with all of my heart. You don't need a fresh word from the Lord. You need a no word from the Lord. The promises He's already given you are unreal. You don't need a new promise. You don't need a fresh word. You need an old word confirmed. You need when he says, I'm provider, you need him to provide. When he says, I'm your comfort, you need him to comfort. You don't need anything new. You need the old. We need to be reminded of what God has promised us. And he ever so patiently reminds Abram of the things which he's promised. What promises do you have from the Lord? Think about it. What has he promised you? In your mind, what comes to your mind? What promise you need today? What do you need? Hold him to it. Hold him to his word. Pray it. I need your help. I got nowhere else to go. Whom have I in heaven but you, Jesus? Jesus turns to his disciples, will you go too? Where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. If you don't deliver this, I won't get it. Period. I need you to be what you said you would. That's real talk to the Lord. And he doesn't seem to mind it. In fact, that's how we're supposed to pray. So he, re- he reveals himself to Abram. His name, I am your shield, I am your reward, I am the Lord, I am that I am. Brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land. How will I know? The Lord says, bring this sacrifice. Now, what we're about to say here is the most important thing in Scripture. Because you've had the Lord reveal himself to you as who he is. And you've read the promises that he's given to you. Now, how do you obtain them? How did Abram attain them? He believed God. It was counted as righteousness. That's it. That's the gospel. No law. No works. He believed the Lord. And God counted him as righteous. I'm your shield. I'm your reward. I'll give you a son. I'll give you this land. This is exactly where you are today, by the way. All you have are promises in his revelation. Have you received the things which have been promised to you? Some of them by measure, by degree, maybe. Have you gotten out of the grave yet? Have you seen the dead rise? Are you waiting for heaven and the glory that's prepared before you? Have you been sanctified? Yes, by degree. But have you been perfected? No, you're waiting for it. And the Lord says, I can do this. I will do this. Do you trust me? The answer is yes. Righteousness. That's it. He is 400 years out from any law that Moses ever gave. 400 years. Abram had never heard the first law 
As far as we know. Maybe they had conversations that aren't recorded. There's something very interesting we'll study later. When Isaac is alone, Abram has passed. The Lord comes to him. He said, I am, your, I am the God of your father, Abram, who kept all my law and all my statutes and all my decrees. He kept the Torah, he says. That's very interesting. Because Moses, I mean, excuse me, Abram had never been given the Torah. How did he keep it? Because he believed God and it was counted as righteousness. Because salvation comes by grace through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. And it was true from Adam until the end of time. God offers himself to us. He offers his promises to us. And he says, will you believe it? And if the answer is yes, Lord, I believe. Then you're Abraham's son. You're Abraham's daughter. You are the child of God. That is all there is to it. The Lord has revealed himself as Savior. He made some big promises to Abram. He said, I'm going to give you this land. Have they gotten it yet? <laughs> Are they still waiting for the fulfillment of these promises? I believe they are. Abram died not owning the land he was promised. He owned a tomb in Canaan, and that's it. He had not had the son of promise. He did have Isaac. But that ain't the one we're looking for. The one we're looking for is the Messiah that crushes the head of the serpent. He died hoping. In fact, Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. He was looking for Jesus, but he died before he saw him. He saw him by faith, but not in the flesh. Everything, everything in the world is staked on God being actually who he says he is. And doing what he says he will do. Because we certainly cannot do it. And we never will be able to. This very day that we're in. This very moment we're in. We're sitting here in Abram's shoes. We truly are. Did you, by the way, see Jesus crucified? Did you see it? Did you put your finger in his side? Did you feel the scar in his hand? Because I did not. I never saw it. Somebody told me about it. Did you see Jesus after he rose from the dead? Walking around and talking. Did you see him appear in a locked room with other disciples? I did not see that. There are a great many things I have not seen. I have not seen the resurrection. I have not seen heaven. I have not yet sat on the throne with God as a co-heir with Jesus. Never. I have not even gotten rid of my sin yet. <laughs> I am waiting for the things promised. And my faith says God will deliver. And so we wait. Just like Abram. So you like Abram have heard the Lord speak of himself and his great reward. Which is not just Abram's but also yours. For every single promise of God in Jesus Christ is yes and amen. Everything that's been promised to Abram is yours. You are his children after all and his heirs. 
And the holy, almighty God has made promises to sinful creatures which he made from the dust who defied him and yet he has come to continue to woo us with promises of him saving and loving and caring and never letting us go and will never leave or abandon us. And yet, he asks in return what? Trust that what I just told you is true. Repent from your sin and love me. If you love him and you believe him, you will repent of your sin. It has always been this way. It was this way with Abram and it is this way with you. Will you trust him or not? Do you trust him or not? Salvation is not by works. It is not by deeds of valor. In the world was that? Everybody okay? I think a speaker exploded or something. Man, I was just getting there, too. (laughs) We'll check on that after the service. (laughs) Salvation is not by works. And salvation is not won or lost by what we do here. Salvation is simply this. Do you believe that God is who he says he is and that he is able to do the things which he says he can do? That's it. So this morning, if you want to be one of Abraham's children, if you look back and you admire Abram for all the stuff that he did and all the places he went, we're going to find out he he was not so great. He's not even better than us. He's the same kind of person we are. Faced with the exact same decision you're faced with this morning. Wherever you are in your life, whatever is going through your mind this morning, when I ask you, what has God promised you? What do you need from him? You are making the same decision today that Abram made those thousands years ago when he was sitting out in the desert looking up at the stars and God said, this is how your children are going to be. And he's thinking, I'm 80 years old, hadn't gotten anything yet, but I believe he is able to do it. And the Lord was satisfied with that offering. So this morning, if you would be counted righteous as Abram, you don't have to go out here and do great stuff. You don't have to be a great preacher, if there are any. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm serious. All you have to be, despite your sin and the shame that follows us, is someone who believes God is able to do what he has promised to do. Jesus is sufficient. His resurrection, his death for sin is sufficient to save. So this morning, think about it. Do you need the Lord in a specific way that he's promised to be? Then... Like Jacob, God put his hip at his joint, say, I will not let you go until you bless me. Wrestle with God until he does everything he said he would do. Because it is his pleasure to do it. But you've got to need him. And you've got to admit you do. And you have to be absolutely driven To hold on and hang on until you get what God has promised. By faith. Test me, says the Lord. See if I will not do the things I've promised. This morning is my prayer that as we think about those things, that the Lord will show himself mighty to you. Be everything for you he has promised to be. And even things you hadn't even thought about. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Father, we pray this morning that you will be with us. You will help us to believe in the Lord. That we will trust you, Father. That we will believe you and you will count it to us as righteousness. For those who have needs this morning that only you can fill. I pray, Lord, that we'll quit looking around in the world like sheep without a shepherd. But keep our eyes laser focused on you. That whatever we need, you will provide. We will come to you heavy laden, and you will give us rest. Lord, be with us and bless us this morning, and help us, Lord, for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you do not know Jesus this morning, trust him. I'm telling you, he's the Messiah, the Savior of the died for sinners just like you. If you will trust him, he'll take away your sins. If you'll have him as Lord, he'll have you as his servant, better than servant, as friend. As we sing this morning, this is our opportunity.